You're listening to the King of the Fourth podcast, offering in-depth analysis on all things Boston Celtics with your hosts, Jim and Mike Quigley. Hey, we're coming off three big wins, um, a great homestand wins of uh, Atlanta, Memphis, and Brooklyn with Jason Tatum completely outclassed in order, Trey Young, John Morant, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. Um, I'm Jim Quigley with my brother Mike, another super fan podcast here because that's all we are, giving an analysis on the king of the fourth pod. Um, Mike, just a great uh, few days, and um, Celtics are in great position, but let's let's talk about Jason Tatum because he deserves a lot of airtime here. Let's talk about Jason Tatum. Uh, well, he's – He's everything that everybody's been asking for him to be. You know, he's a a superstar in the NBA and his, you know, adjustments on the defensive end, not just being a guy who is good off the ball, but good on the ball defender recently, good at getting rebounds and starting the fast break. And then in the half court, just a guy who makes a lot of great decisions, passing the ball to people, allowing the players on his team to get better around him while still scoring a lot. So he's still getting his numbers and getting his, and he's scoring efficiently while also getting everybody else involved, you know, making really good decisions. I mean, you look at the Atlanta game in particular with the passes he made to Grant Williams, and then, you know, the same thing in the Memphis game, just finding guys wide open for shots. And then I look at that possession at the end of the Brooklyn game where the assist didn't go to him, but the Celtics were up by three. They were running clock. The ball was in Tatum's hand. And he made that pass that led to an assist to Jalen Brown in the corner, which was a great play by Brown. But just it all centered around his decisions. And then now you're seeing him in the fast break and in the open court, just being this guy that you don't know what he's going to do. Is he going to pull up from three? Is he going to take it to the basket? Is he going to hit somebody for a shot? He's just so unpredictable and really hard to defend. Um, and most of all, he's just a lot of fun to watch. I mean, watching him and Durant go back and forth, and even watching him and Jar Morant go back and forth in that fourth quarter, mm-hmm. even though the Celtics were up, it was still just fun. It's just, it's just a lot of fun. You know, if you want to put a word to Jason Tatum, it's just fun. He's fun. Everything about this is fun. Yeah, you're really seeing um... – He's not a finished product yet, but you see in the growth, as you mentioned, the stages, you know, he he kind of, you know, was behind guys, so to speak, when he first came into the league. You had Kyrie, you had Kemba, you had Al, you had all these, you know, guys that number one picks usually don't have to kind of um, compete with on their own team for touches. Usually you kind of brought in and, and you can explore and figure out your game. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, before the bubble, he, he that step back three, part of his game and being an elite scorer started taking off. And then that really started taking off post-COVID last year. This year, getting in to be a ball distributor, figuring out how to do that while being aggressive. And, um, you know, and now it's kind of all coming together. And, and you watch these performances, and it's tough to remember a bad shot. It's tough to remember um, – you know, a bad decision. Um, he's just really clicking at another level that most guys never, ever see, that never get to play at. 
And that's where he is right now. It's it's really an extraordinary thing to watch. Um, I think we're starting to get to the conversation. It's he can be the best player on a championship team. Is he a top the five? Answer, yes. Is he a top ten player? And I think that's where we are with him. And um, you, you just and you brought up Memphis and I, the pass to Grant Williams. I mean, he held that ball if you remember for a good ten. Almost felt like somewhere between five to 10 seconds on the shot clock, just directing the offense and completely freezing the Memphis defense because they know if they overreact to any of these guys he's pointing at, he's just going to go downhill on them. And and so then the defense starts to cheat a little bit on the the weak side passes. Grant's right there on the strong side, and they're barely playing him now because the strong side's there to help. The weak size guys are all gone. You got a wide open corner three on a one pass away situation that he just set up and directed. It's um, it's a fun thing to watch. Um, when he gets okay. downhill now, it feels like he's unstoppable. Yeah, he really he's at another level. Yeah, and there's two other things I want to bring up. So the first thing is the notoriety. I know there's a lot of people who are frustrated because they're like, we've been seeing this and now all these national people and local people who question the Celtics are on board. I'm on the other end of it. Like I could care less because they don't know a lot about basketball anyways, mm-hmm. but I think the notoriety is going to help Tatum get to the free throw line more. Cause I do think there's still a level of disrespect from the refs compared to other superstars in the league. So I and think that's, that's the next though. step I, for I him. That's, I think that's kind of earned, you know, and I think you see them get there more now. That's what I'm saying. I think that's going to come. And then the other thing I really like about him as the leader of the team, which I do believe he is now, I think Smart has a lot to say and so does not Al. But I think behind closed doors, and I think we saw a little bit bit of it in the Atlanta game, he's very approachable by the players who aren't as good as him on the team. You know, at the end of the first half in Atlanta, the Celtics had not been playing well. Tatum turned the ball over to end the half. It was a really bad pass. He was looking for Grant Williams. And as they're coming off the court, he's being interviewed, Tatum, by somebody. And Grant's coming up to him and, like, yelling at him while the interview's happening. And you could see Tatum look frustrated. Um, and they went back into the locker room. But in my mind, I feel like there's a level of, you know, continuity with his teammates that they feel comfortable enough to challenge him when he makes mistakes and come up to him and talk about it. Where on other teams, those are the type of teams that win, you know, when you can challenge your superstar. And I think it's a level of maturity for him that his own players and his own coach can call him out and challenge him. And he takes it and accepts it because you can see it on his face. Like, what the hell is Grant Williams doing right now? And then you saw him, like, take a step back and be like, it almost looked like he was telling himself, oh, Grant's right. And I was just watching that happen. And I was thinking, like, this kid's got it together. He knows. I think think he's got it. He definitely takes to coaching, and I, and I think maybe some of that comes in where he he wasn't treated as your natural number one pick, where it's like we're just going to build everything around you. He came into a ready-made win team. Um, he, he had to wait his turn, essentially, um, you know, and even when he thought he was going to get his turn, they bring in Kemba, who massages the ball a ton and controls the ball a ton. And then, um, you know, things have really freed up, and, and you know, we're talking four plus point games over a course of a calendar year right now, six when you include playoffs. Um, that's elite scoring territory. And he obviously, as you mentioned, does a lot more than scoring. Um, yeah. Coachable, his teammates like him. I think all those things. But the, to your bigger point, this is his team. 
I, you know, mm-hmm. Smack could say the things at the post game, and and he he's a, a defensive yeah. leader out there for sure. But this is Tatum's team, just yep. like DJ used to talk when he was here during the '80s. But that was Bird's team. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's no doubt about you know who's the most important player, and I, I you know, the trade they made with the Sixers, um, and still being able to pull off Tatum. And going back to the trade they made with the Nets to even have that pick, I, I tell you, um, Danny's legacy is kind of, you know, in because of KG. But this might be an even more impressive <laughs> trade when it's all said and done, um, depending on what he can accomplish and how long he can accomplish it here for. Yeah, uh, nobody was doing Danny any favors in this trade. I feel like he stole KG. You know, like Kevin McHale didn't get a lot there. So I definitely agree with that. I think, I mean, Danny, Danny nailed Jalen Brown too. Let's be honest at the number three. I don't think a lot of people thought that kid from California was going to be the number three pick. Celtic fans were booing it. Let's be honest. Uh, Jalen so, Brown maybe is, is, is consistent all-star, you know, and I, yeah, he's I, not, he's never going to be taken. Not this. And, you know, when um, there's very, there's only a handful of players in the league that is this, that can mm-hmm. outdo Kevin Durant, you know, that cannot do John Moran back-to-back situations. And he's got another one coming up this weekend with Luca. And um, I think he's better than Luca. I know the national media thinks otherwise, but I, I just feel, you know, he's got the build, he's he's got the skill, um, and he and he's figuring it out. And it took him a little while to figure it out, but that isn't uncommon. And let's be honest, this is what special players do when they have that moment against the guy that they've been looking up to. And you're starting to turn that corner that they come out and they just break out. Um, you know, quite and Tatum honestly has done it twice against Durant now, 50 point games. Mm-hmm. Um, once in the postseason. So, and even there was another game, like a game four of the postseason where the Celtics lost, where he played great, just Kyrie Durant and Harding hit he like played every great. shot, every shot great. on the planet they hit yeah. that game. Yeah. He played great three, four, and five. Yeah, game five, two. Game, that's right. Yeah, first two games he struggled. You know, and we talked about this earlier in the year. Usually you see coming out of the Olympics, these guys make that a leap. You know, they're around greatness. He spent all – it was just a little slow going there. He really – he struggled early on and people – He always struggled early on. Yeah. But it was new coach, new scheme, yeah. asking new things of him that he hadn't done before. And um, it's interesting. You get into a playoff series now um, – you got the shot. Rank him number one over Giannis or over Durant or over Embiid and over Harden, although I think I'd take him over Harden. But you would say, you know, he's close, and the Celtics might be able to pull this off just because of him. Yeah, I mean, they got a shot now. Uh, I think, I honestly, I think they have a shot against anybody. And they, they have a shot to lose to anybody. I, there's a lot of good teams right now in the East. Um. I think the NBA right now is awesome. I got to be honest. Like, this is a fun year. I, I, I'm sure the past few years have been fun too. East, and the rest of them are just they're good. But good. They're not, yeah, they're I think you're talking about Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn. Yeah, maybe, maybe you throw Miami in there. Maybe, maybe you don't. But they've been. Yeah, I'm not a believer in them. I know some people are, but um, I mean, they made it to the NBA Finals in the bubble, so you know. Yeah. But I just I don't think I don't think they have the star power like these other teams have. I just don't. 
I mean, Chris Middleton dropped 40 the other night. You know, this, these teams are – Kyrie Irving dropped 50 last night. That was the other thing with Brooklyn. What was so good about that game, other than Tatum, and it was just the back and forth. You, you saw these great plays for the Celtics on the offensive end, and then you come back on defense, and Kyrie just, you know, slowing down everything and making, like, the right pass and then hitting the right shot. And then KD, it was just – it was, like, one tough shot after another. It was entertaining game. And the Celtics, if they play them, they got to figure that out. You can't, you got to figure out a way to hold Brooklyn under 115. I don't well, think you can give up 120 every game. You can't <laughs> let the guys get to the pain as easily as they did. I mean, Durant, yeah. I, I thought the defense on Durant was actually pretty good and the guy's just awesome. Um, well, yeah. But, yeah. But you can't let Kyrie break you down that easily, even though it's, good. we are talking about Kyrie, though. Yeah. yeah, I know, but you, you yeah. got to give more resistance and, and you, you can't let the other guys like Bruce Brown get going. And, you, and the other thing that killed them was um, too many offensive rebounds. And um, mm-hmm. Brooklyn's not a great offensive rebounding team, so that that's that needs to get cleaned up. Yeah, it seems like the Celtics struggle with the long rebounds off of three-point shots more than other NBA teams. They mm-hmm. really struggle with those three-point misses. Uh, and maybe that's because they have two big guys out there and they're not quick enough to get to the ball. I don't know what that is. Uh, and Derek White, I noticed, gets beaten on the defensive end um, with rebounds quite a bit, especially in that Brooklyn game, to giving up rebounds to guards. So I guess like, the last thing I just want to say about the Celtics team is that I also like how hard they play. I think they make a lot of mistakes, but I think they play really, really hard and that makes up for a lot of it. Like A good example to me is Peyton Pritchard plays his ass off on the defensive end. And I don't think he's a great defensive player at all, but well, he just think, plays so hard. He's just like everywhere, you know? I think part of this is they understand the scheme, gain confidence with the scheme against teams mm-hmm. that weren't that good by really annihilating them. Yeah. The teams now. So all of that becomes like second nature. It becomes reflex. You know exactly where to go. You know how to run your switches. You know you're scramming, not – when the guy gets to the post, but off ball before that. So you don't have the negative matchup that could hurt you. And, and they're doing it at a high playoff level right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and their best player is a great, great defender. You know, he's yeah. not Marcus Smart or Rob Williams, but he's goddamn good at the wing and, and, and Jason Tatum. So if your best player is performing in the regular season at a high level on the defensive end, um, if you're paid in Pritchard, you better go out there and play hard and you better yeah. understand what you're doing. And so I, I just, it's all trickling down right now. Um, they got mostly young legs doing it with the exception of Rob. I'm, I'm Al and, yeah. and, and they're, they're doing it really, really well. Yeah. They're all playing that part. Even Al, I mean, he's playing better too. So, you know, Two games that you would think are winnable this week, but also against um, two just, teams. I, stick around, I got a question for you, Jason Tatum. Where do you rank him right now? And then the follow-up for me is, how good can he be? Wow. Well, um, where do I rank him? Yeah. Is he, uh, it, has to be, it can be in general. It can be top 10, top 5, you know. Or you he's can in the conversation – it's not top 10. He's in the conversation of top five to top three players in the league, the way he's playing right now. And his potential, uh, he could be the greatest Celtic to ever play. That's his potential in my eyes. More than Berta Russell? I think 
uh, I always put Russell in his own category because it's a different generation. I don't know if that's fair to him. Um, but yeah, I think uh, no disrespect to Bird and Magic's greatness, but I think that uh, Tatum's cool. in that con- will be in that conversation. I think he could win multiple championships. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think at Bird's peak with the level of rebounder and passer that Bird was, and just playmaker in general. Even if Tatum gets to his peak, I, I just can't see it getting to Bird's peak. Um, Bird was. Um, just absolutely another level. Like I always laugh when people compare Luka Doncic to Bird. He's, he's another Larry Bird. That's nice of you to say when you're 35 years old or whatever. That means you never watch fucking Larry Bird play because that man was a killer. He was a bad, bad man from the moment he entered the league. He was a bad, bad man. And then his back went out um, yeah, because yeah. He, he cemented his mother's driveway. I, I, I look at it right now. I see four. I mean, players. Tatum came into the league at like, what, 18 though? 19. Um, 19. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I look right. at Brad won three championships, right? Or was so it two? Won three ch- championships, 81, 84, and 86. That's so right. He, yeah. So I just, I, I mean, he led, I, I he could, led his team in his third year to an, to a championship. Yeah. And then um, in 86, that might have been the greatest team in the history of the game because of yeah, the, yeah. Um, no, I, I hear you. I, I just think that, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Tatum won three championships and was at that level. Yeah, I maybe once I, I just at Bird's Peak, there's very few players that I've seen that have, in my lifetime that have been better than him. Michael Jordan is one, LeBron, um, and then then it get the list gets tough. You know, people like to say Kobe, Kobe wasn't better than Bird. Um, Durant yeah. maybe. Maybe and then I mean yeah, yeah, I always yeah, think Tim like, Duncan should be in those conversations. No, not better than Bird. Not close. Not close. Um, they're, they're really he won, he won four championships, didn't he? Huh? Okay. Then Duncan won four. Yeah, but Bird's you got to remember when his career started coming to a close. Like it, it ended much sooner than most you see at their peak, at their greatness. I, like it doesn't add up. Yeah. Um, and where where. Tatum ranks now. I kind of look at it as you got Giannis, you got Durant, right? You got Embiid, you got Jokic. And then after that, you can make a lot of arguments for five. And so he's somewhere between that five and 10 um, right now. And, and the question is can he solidify himself as the fifth best or even get beyond that past Jokic, past Embiid? Um, I'm starting a team, though. I'm starting it with Tatum. I don't think it's crazy to think. What? I'm starting a team. I'm going with the 6'8 wing over over, uh, Embiid and Jokic. That's where I'm going. Yeah. Yeah, the the two-way play, there's an argument to be made for that. There's certainly, you know. That's where I'm going. Maybe I'm really hometown biased, but I'm seeing something special happen here that we haven't seen in a long time. I'm looking at four players right now that I would say have achieved more, have done it for a longer time, um, and playing at a high, high level right now. Mm -hmm. Currently, right now. Those would be the four, I think. Yeah. Um, Everyone else is kind of in the mix. And and I'm removing LeBron from that um, just because of age and and things like that. You see he dropped 54 the other night on the uh, Golden State Warriors. 
But it's an interesting discussion. Yeah, you you know where he'll end up ranking all time. How good can he be? Um, I think he can end up being a perennial MVP candidate, um, and I think he can be consistently a top five player uh, in the league. Um, that's how good I think he can be. I think, and as far as scoring the basketball, there's going to be very few that are better than him. Yeah. If any, you know. Yeah. Yeah. If they continue to surround him with the right talent, this team is going to be, you know, a top four seed every year going forward. So 60, 50 point games in a calendar year. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. All right, folks. Well, um, we'll gear up for the rest of this week. Thanks for the new uh, downloads from our new listeners. I think we had over 100. Uh, since our last podcast so hopefully you guys keep listening that's awesome and uh we will reconnect after after um the celtics take on charlotte and then uh detroit which will obviously be two really hard games because they always are against those two teams so it should be entertaining basketball if you listen to us you will be smarter stronger and overall better person from just this half hour experience if you don't listen to us means you're an asshole so wow all right <laughs> on that you know to all our friends out there that listen thank you for not being an asshole okay thank you for not being an asshole everybody have a great day except for the ones who don't listen to us you can go fuck yourself